You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 329 of Podcateers. This week, Gavin and I fill you in on how our Teamboat Willie fundraiser went for City of Hope. Plus, we announce our next event, which you can find more information about by going to teamboatwilly.com. We talk about the news about the layoffs happening at Disney and how we can try to offer a little bit of magic to those that have provided so much for us. We talk about the opening of the Enchanted Tale of Beauty and the Beast attraction at Tokyo Disneyland and more. Remember that if you want to join the conversation, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But you can also leave a comment in the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 329. Uh, Before we jump into the episode, I just want to take a quick moment to send a very special shout out and thank you to the FGP squad, aka our podcast, Fairy Godparents, because it's their monthly support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. If you would like more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad family, you can get more information at podcateers.com slash FGP. Once again, a very special shout out and thank you to the FGP squad for their continued support. Um, that's it. Really short intro today, so let's dive right in, shall we? Here is episode 329 of Podcateers. All right. Well, I got to tell you, man, I'm actually really proud of Team Boat Willie because, I mean, given the fact that we're all at home and we're in this crazy pandemic, mm-hmm. fundraising is, I mean, fundraising is difficult enough when you don't have a pandemic. Right. But the fact that we're stranded at home for the most part. And we were still able to raise $910 for City of Hope in support mm-hmm. of uh, cancer research for women's cancers. I mean, that warms my heart. Yeah, That's fantastic. We had set our initial goal for 500 which is really low. And I think it was a completely doable thing for us to, to try to hit 500 Then we surpassed that. And then we were like, okay, well, can we reach 1000 before the walk happens? Uh, we didn't do it, but we came within $90. It's and close. if you want to contribute to our Walk for Hope initiative. Uh, you can still go to teamboatwilly.com and for the next couple of weeks from the release of this episode, you're, you'll still be able to donate toward our team goal. And uh, if uh, you're not able to give at this time, that's okay. You can help us by reposting either the Team Boat Willie post or the Podcateers post to try to help us. But Walk for Hope has officially passed first time doing it virtually which was odd just mm-hmm. kind of walking and posting pictures um, <laughs> but it, it's time to move on uh, aside from the fact that this fundraising effort will continue for the next couple of weeks and if this is a cause that you connect with then please help us try to reach that thousand dollar goal but uh, the chalk walk is next we're going to be doing chalk walk virtually as well. Mm-hmm. You know, chalk walk is one of my favorite days of the year because you get to see things in the park that you don't commonly see, right. even when the park has been open. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when else are you going to see, you know, the three fairies from Sleeping Beauty standing around in the on top of the castle? Right. You know, that's not something you <laughs> see every day. That's so true. the fact that you're able to get this visual of the park as the sun is coming up and you're with 80,000 people and the energy going towards this goal to help the children of Chalk man it's something special and it's definitely something that i'm gonna miss this year definitely we've been doing it i want to say now it's like going on 15 years i i don't remember the exact time frame i'm horrible at time frames but we're going on like 15 (laughs) years now ish uh once my wife listens she'll send me a text message and she'll be like you know it's this amount right so, <laughs> so it's great because she it's kind hilarious. of edits me after and then I can nice. come back and be like, well, it was actually this much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've been doing it for about 15 years now. And when we finally got Team Boat Willie off the ground, we decided mm-hmm. to start doing it as Team Boat Willie. And it's been fun. I mean, I just yeah. getting the opportunity to interact with everyone on the team, with the other teams, with everybody that's rooting you on again. I'm really going to miss it this year. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm, I'm doubly missing it because I had a conflict last year and I wasn't able to walk. So it's been, it'll be two years since I've been. So I was, I, I was looking forward to it because I only got to do one right, right after I moved here. And then last year just wasn't able to make it happen. And mm-hmm. man, yeah, I wish I could be uh, joining in that walk. So are they, they moved it to a different part of the calendar this, this time around, right? Yeah, it's been strange. I think all of these charity walks that are happening, they're kind of bouncing around because of the fact that you can do them virtually and mm. the fact that they don't have to schedule physical a, a physical event anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, means that you can kind of do whatever you want. And yeah. I mean, that's cool. It's it's hard for us, I think whenever we do stuff like this because one thing we've always run into is that things like chalk walk and walk for hope kind of overlap each other at times and there was one year where they were directly over each other this time they're kind of spread out a little bit Mm -hmm. but we've officially signed up team boat willie is registered for chalk walk so if you'd like to join our team uh, and help us fundraise uh, chalk has some pretty cool things that you can win as far as fundraising i've always aimed to get like the chalk medal that you're able to get it it just it looks like it's just a cool medal for -hmm. raising i think like 200 bucks or something like that Mm -hmm. but the information will be up Uh, on the website so you can go to teamboatwilly.com for a link to our chalk walk page i was aiming to do that last week but it's been crazy and i just did not get a chance to do it (laughs) so i'm hoping to get that done so that it's up for this episode but yeah dude it's just it warms my heart to see that so many people are able to help out especially knowing how tough times have been this year yeah definitely i agree you know what we should do we we should do uh so for the next virtual walk which i guess is going to be chalk walk we should come up with a like a podcateers like spotify playlist for the walk that has like all kinds of in-park music and you know just cool like vintage disney stuff that can at least make people feel like they're still walking through the park. You know what I mean? I love that idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a note. Spotify playlist. I'm typing that into my notes. 
Dude, I love that idea. Uh, that's what I used to do before I moved here and could be at the park all the time. Uh, I will probably get back to it soon since I'm having major withdrawals at this point. But I used to just listen to like park soundtracks and like Disney music while I walked like at work or whatever and just daydream myself to the park because, you know, I was in Oklahoma, which was not very magical. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, you have to fill that need somehow, right? Sure. Regardless of where you are, if you're a Disney fan, you you have to feed that beast one way or another. Mm -hmm. And uh, playlists are great because you can listen to them wherever you are with whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you could be watching TV and ignoring what they're saying and just listening to music. You could be walking. You could be cleaning. You could be uh, trying to ignore family members that you don't want to talk to. I don't know. I don't know your life, <laughs> but you do what you want to do, right? And those playlists yep. are fantastic. So, yeah, I, that's a great idea. I think we're going to put one together, and we'll post it um, whenever it's available. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll figure out what we want to put on there. Sweet. But there's so much to choose from. Like, how right. do you curate that? <laughs> you know, how do you I mean, curate it can be that? a 10-hour list, and you can listen to whatever part of it you want. True. Very <laughs> true. I guess you can. Just put it on random and surprise yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'll work. I mean, there's very few songs that are in the Disney catalog that when I listen to them, I'm like, nope, next. Right. I mean, the, the Siamese Cat song is definitely one of those songs, yep, but yep. there aren't many. Trash I in mean, the Camp. That yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, there's at least two. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, pretty much fair game. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we're going to do that and then we'll post it as soon as it's available. Uh, you know, I'm kind of bummed out because in the past we've had the opportunity to do some auctions where we've been able to purchase limited edition items in the parks, downtown Disney, and then auction them off. Uh, it, I've, I've been criticized in the past because I always talk about how the hype beast goes and buys 50 of those and then they sell them for two or three hundred dollars on ebay and mm. this is different you know i understand how there's a similarity to it but this is a charitable auction it's mm. not you trying to buy everything out just to try to hound people for yeah. money podcasters isn't making any money on it In no fact, they're spending money to make it happen right so yeah. this is completely different yeah. but yeah i mean i'm kind of bummed out because all the stuff that i've attempted to purchase this year i've just had no luck doing it when i tried to get the pins and everything when the 65th anniversary merch was available i told you the story of how that went down so mm -hmm. that was not fruitful uh, I haven't been able to find anything in my local targets for the, the lunchbox and the backpack and all that stuff that became available. The Funkos that I ordered, you know, I mentioned this Funko to you, the Haunted Mansion mm -hmm. one with the, mm -hmm. with the butler. Uh, what I didn't tell you was that I ordered two of them because I wanted to ah. auction one off. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of <clears throat> peeved <laughs> off, let's say, mm -hmm. because... I pre-ordered these in June and I got an email like late last week saying, hey, by the way, we don't have stock on these items, so we canceled your order. God. And I thought, wait, what? How is that even possible? And mm -hmm. instantly, uh, any Seinfeld fans out there will understand this. 
there was an episode of Seinfeld where he goes to a car rental place and he goes up and he says, hi, I have a reservation it's under Seinfeld. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I see your reservation here, but we don't have any cars. He's like, I'm sorry, but I, I don't understand. I made a reservation. They're like, yeah, we have it here, but we ran out of cars. And he's like, but that defeats the whole purpose of the reservation. They're like, no, no, we know how reservations work. And he's like, I don't think you do. You know, and this kind of reminded me of that. I was like, yeah. I, I pre-ordered it. Where's my Funko? <laughs> and so uh, I I started researching and figuring out like well how did they run out of stock on this this is ridiculous and what kind of bothered me was the fact that pretty much the day after I got my email mm -hmm. these Funkos went back on sale on Amazon Target Shop Disney but they were $20 more than what I pre-ordered mine for. And what? so what I'm thinking happened was that they got a bunch of pre-orders and then they realized, oh, wow, we could have made way more money on this than what we originally priced it for. Just cancel all the pre-orders, say that we're out of stock, and then we'll just charge more for it. Wow. Doesn't it kind of seem like that happened? Yeah, based on the timing. I mean, I'm not one for conspiracy theories. I mean, not, not, that's not true. I love conspiracy theories. <laughs> but in this case, I like it, it just kind of feels like that's how things went down. Mm. And I mean, if that was the case, I don't know. I feel like the last couple of pre-orders that I've done, something weird has happened and I haven't ended up with the item that I wanted. But this one particularly hurt because, like I said, it was going to be one of the items that we were going to auction off. And I was like, man, it mm. kind of cheated me out of this auction thing. So now the next thing that I want to try to get is the castle with the Walt Funko. And oh. that one I already know is going to be in super, super high demand because mm -hmm. it's Walt. Like there are no other Walt Funkos that I'm aware of. Yeah. You know, so this is going to be a really, really difficult item to get. And so I'm hoping that I can at least get one for us to auction off. But mm -hmm. I don't know if we'll get it in time because they've announced it. There's art for it, but I haven't seen any release dates for it. And I'm that's what worries me that yeah. sometimes they're they tweet it out or something. And I'm not big on Twitter. And sometimes they tweet it out and they're like, by the way, in one hour, we're going to drop this Funko. By the way, it's available. Sorry, not an hour. Now, now, now. <laughs> and when you check it five minutes later, they're sold out. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know. I mean, if anybody out there is able to help us acquire one of those so that we can uh, auction it off, we will pay you the retail price for it gladly to have that opportunity. Uh, I'm. I mean, as much as I want one for myself personally, I, I mean, I'm I'm willing to give it up, you know, just to have one to auction off. But mm -hmm. I mean, it is what it is. You know, we'll we'll do our best. We'll try to have some stuff. Um, but I have been thinking about doing the sales from the Team Boat Willie merchandise again. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that maybe I'll come up with like a special design. Uh, or some of the Team Boat Wheelie merchandise that's already available on the website will donate like three bucks from the sale of each item or something again like we've done in the past. And um, yeah, I mean, that that's another option. So we can talk about that later and we can decide what we're going to do. But anyway, 
teamwithwilly.com if you want more information on how you can help us out. Again, you'll be able to donate to our Walk for Hope uh, fundraiser for the next several weeks from the drop of this episode. Uh, if you can help us hit that $1,000 goal, that's fantastic. Uh, but if you want to help us out with the Chalk Walk, that's also uh, amazing. And we thank everybody for their help. Uh, if you can't help with a monetary donation, help us out by tweeting it out, posting it on Instagram, posting it on Facebook, uh, helping us spread the word about what Team Boat Willie is doing and how much we're trying to help. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate everybody taking the time to help us out like that. Uh, we have new gear, Gavin. I've been seeing some of your new designs, and <laughs> you've been a busy little bee. I Kind of. You've I mean, got so much. I've tried, man. Uh, we, you know, one of the things that I was kind of leery about offering for a while, uh, were face masks mm -hmm. and I, I didn't like the standard like face mask that was just basically a square that you strapped to your ears because it looked like you had a better opportunity of covering whatever was coming out of your mouth with a couple of Kleenex mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, uh, the masks that we have available, uh, in the gear section of podcasters.com are pretty awesome i will say uh they uh, cover a larger portion of your face uh they also are like they're made out of this like polyester microfiber which is super super soft mm -hmm. uh they have a nose wire so you can adjust it to your face they have elastic bands for for it to go around your ear and these little like plastic regulators that kind of clamp onto the ear loops to make it a little tighter to get a tighter fit for yourself and they are washable so they're reusable uh, but one of the things I really like about them is that they have a little pocket so you can insert your own filter so if you want to add another layer of protection these are already double layered but if you want to add an extra layer of protection you're able to do that uh, as of right now we have uh, about Seven, seven designs, I think. There's a Haunted Mansion one, the Pumpkin King design that we recently released is up there. Mm -hmm. There's a, cup, a couple of Coco-inspired masks uh, available. Uh, I took the design that was on the tote bag that I, that I made for myself not too long ago that says, wear a mask, save a life on it. Uh, and there's a Team Boat Willie mask. Uh, obviously, I'm going to be trying to add more designs uh, soon. Uh, I know that one design uh, I received a message about was whether or not we were going to make the Stranger Things version of our logo available again. Mm. Uh, the answer is maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I took it down because I'm kind of a stickler for if I'm trying to emulate and parody a logo for it to look as close to that thing as possible. Mm -hmm. And like we couldn't nail the gradient. Like there's a glow that happens in that logo that's really difficult to hit. Mm -hmm. And I, it was able to print everything else. And I just, I don't know, I got myself one last year and it just looked cruddy. And mm. I, I didn't like the way that it looked. So I just said, you know what, I'm just pulling the design. We're not going to do it anymore. Uh, and I was told myself, I'm going to go back. I'm going to redesign this. Hopefully, I can get this to work. Um, and I've had uh, a couple people in my family that have seen the shirt tell me, well, why don't you just remove the glow? Just make it the outline, which is totally a possibility, but mm -hmm. it doesn't look like the logo to me anymore. And it breaks my mm -hmm. brain when I see it, and <laughs> it doesn't 
make me feel like I'm looking at that other thing. Right. Yep. So yep. I don't that's know. I'm weird. Perfectionist. I'm weird, man. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm weird sometimes. So anyway, uh, new gear is available. Uh, if you check our Facebook page and if you check Instagram, you might be able to find a couple of discount codes on there to help you out. Uh, that'll give you, you know, 10% off, maybe a little bit more. Take a look. You might find something that you like. Uh, I got a couple comments from the last episode Ooh. that I want to read off. All right. Um, one is from Mel. Cool. Uh, we've been texting back and forth. She's gearing up to finally be able to come back to the podcast. But uh, she left us a comment uh, about last week's episode. And <laughs> she says, while thinking about this, I remember having to watch the opening night of World of Color back in 2010. Watching the show open and seeing it happen was pretty awesome online. If the virtual presentations were to be like what we've done in the parks, that would be fun. However, as someone who cosplays, this is Halloween for many of us. A hybrid mash mm -hmm. of the two would be interesting. I wouldn't mm -hmm. be opposed to it at all. I must also chime in for the three top things I do at Disneyland when I would return. Third, uh, she's going backwards like we did. Classic. <laughs> yeah. So third, <laughs> ride into the sea like Salty Pirates Arr. Mate with the rest of the crew. I knew that one just warmed your heart. So. Oh, of course. <laughs> Yes, largely because of the smell, too. LOL. Second, an indie ride filled with mm. my Ohana because there's plenty of us to do it as well as pirates. Mm -hmm. And top of the list is going to be a grand circle tour of Disneyland with all of my loved ones. Mm. I got to see and hear it all when I get back. Yep. I'm kind of surprised there's no mention of the mansion in there. <laughs> I... I I it was kinda, probably number four. <laughs> look, I'm just saying, <laughs> I read that, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of judge you, Melissa. <laughs> but <laughs> but those are all fantastic options. The Grand Circle Tour of Disneyland, yeah. you know, we talked about this. It's a very special thing. And, I mean, how much more special would it be if we all got to write it in the Lily Bell? Huh? Oh, heck yeah. Huh? I'm just saying. The cool thing, though, is that, like, Honestly, like I would trade top threes with either of you and be just fine. Like just like it it almost doesn't matter what three things you do. It's just the the return and the reveling in it and just soaking it all in, you know. So, I I I love all those answers. That's true. I I will agree with you on that one. I think we all had really really solid answers for that. Uh, regarding the same episode, I just want to send a quick shout out uh, to Jeff. He's at Jefferson Voices on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, he left a comment. He he really enjoyed the episode, so I just want to send a quick shout out. That's my uh, that's my best buddy. He's in, he's in Texas. Uh, we've been friends for well over a decade. Oh, right on, man. Well, then yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. extra special shout out for him. Heck yeah. Uh, do you remember the original? Um, intro voiceover on animation station podcast i do the hi yeah, hi this is yeah that's his voice no way yeah <laughs> dude that's dope that's awesome he's totally he's totally awesome yeah oh super cool oh man thanks jeff see i kind of like how when the world kind of reconnects itself to me because oh, yeah. especially being at home i feel like there's so many things that have been discombobulated and wrecked that mm -hmm. whenever i can find happy connections like this it just I don't know. It warms my heart, dude. I can't even begin <laughs> to say anything else other than that. Yeah. It just makes well, me you, so damn you happy. You and him would have like 
epically long discussions. He is a long time like Disney fan. He is a huge Disney historian, Disney buff, like all the old movies, TV shows, all of it. Like he is, he's super fan. Right on, man. Maybe yeah, one man. of these days we'll have him on the podcast and we can just have a conversation with him. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. We'll, see. We'll, we'll see if we can make that happen. Let's see. Uh, so this other comment, I told you I had another one, but I didn't want to tell you who it was from because I wanted <laughs> to surprise you. Okay. Uh, this next one was actually on the website. It was podcasters.com slash 327. And this mm-hmm. comment was from my brother. <gasps> Nuh-uh. Yeah. So Mario <laughs> left a comment. Uh, Sweet. It's crazy because I have these conversations with him via text message. And this mm-hmm. time he kind of surprised me because a lot of the things he said in the comment are things that we talk about after mm-hmm. he listens because he still listens to the podcast. And, cool. uh, yeah, when he left the comment, I was like, why don't you just send me a message? This was better. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it, it worked out. So he says, great episode, guys. Gavin, your painting is beyond fantastic. I live oh, fairly thanks. close to Fullerton, so I hoped I get a chance to see it in person. I like the idea of a virtual add-on to D23, even for the tickets of people who would physically attend, allowing them a 48-hour access to stream things they missed on their own time. But giving the world virtual access would be great for business too. I only know of one other person who has expressed this, but one of the things I miss most about the resort is lounging at the Great Hall Lobby in the Grand Californian. It's hard to explain why. I like people watching there, but I also get lost in thought or the visuals of the rustic architecture. Uh, I can start my day there or I can wrap it up. I can have a little alone time or spend it in good company, order a drink, possibly bring in some beignets from the jazz kitchen, pass the time by the fire or closer to the pianist playing some classic Disney tunes. There's something so serene about it. That's got to be one of the first things I do when the resort is operational again. Also, I can't believe Hazen is still stuck in his ways over the nightmare layover. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) So So many epic discussions about that. (laughs) This gives you an idea. So my brother, how long has it been? Maybe about three years now? Close Mm -hmm. to four since my brother uh, went off to finish school and take care of other life things. So it's been a while since he's been on the podcast. But Mm -hmm. this gives you an idea how long I've been stuck (laughs) on this whole, like, leave it spooky until Halloween and then change it. Okay, I've been very passionate about this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Anyhow, he (laughs) continues. (laughs) Consider this, this premise. We spectators step into Halloween town. The Haunted Mansion. Let's say mid-movie where the king of Halloween Town, Jack Skellington, appears to have already visited Christmas Town and lost his marbles trying to make his town a little more jolly. Anywho, great episode, guys. Happy International Podcast Day. (laughs) Keep them coming. Oh, yeah, it was International Podcast Day that day, too. So happy International Podcast Day, Gavin. Thanks. You too, buddy. (laughs) Thanks, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to hear from Mario. So, yeah, it was fantastic reading those comments. Like I said, I normally have the benefit of interchanging text with him, you know, with with thoughts like that. But it was nice that he left it and that we were able to read them. I guess technically, if he if he was cool with it, I guess technically I could just read his texts about it <laughs> right i guess i don't know it, it, it's different it's more private because it's like a text conversation right right but this i don't know it is what it is but 
it. <laughs> anyway, if you have any comments on anything that we talk about in this episode, uh, feel free to connect with us. You know, join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. You can go to podcateers.com, search for the episode that we talked about, and then there's usually notes and videos and pictures about things that we talk about in each episode. You can also leave a comment in the comment section there. So uh, to everybody that interacts with us, we just want to say thank you. Uh, you know, you're the reason that we're doing this. And so having the opportunity to talk with you, I love it. So uh, speaking of talking to people, the mm -hmm. FGP squad. Ooh. I just want to take a quick moment to thank the FGP squad. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, the FGP squad is a fantastic group of listeners, just like all of you that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. Uh, if you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad family, you can go to podcateers.com slash FGP for more information to all of the members of the FGP squad. I just want to send a huge thank you for all of your continued support. Uh, and uh, the, the date for the next uh, FGP happy hour call is set. We're going to be doing it on Saturday, October 17th. More information is going to be available on Patreon, so make sure that you all connect for that information when it's available. Uh, I, I know I gave a couple of options that we could do. We talked about Disney Geek Up, or mm -hmm. Disney Geek Out, sorry. We talked about Disney Geek Out. <laughs> I talked about playing Among Us, which I am, mm -hmm. I finally played, dude. I'm such a fan of this game. Yeah? I can't even tell you. I love it. The <laughs> Josh games, brought it up, too. He wants to play with you. I want to play. <laughs> tell him whenever he's ready. I'm so ready. Josh okay. uh, hosts the What's Up Fandom podcast, formerly Animation Station. You should go mm -hmm. check it out. He always has amazing guests, and he always has uh, really cool episodes that have to do with the animation industry and voiceover industry. Uh, so, yeah, go check that out, What's Up Fandom. Uh, I'll leave a link in the blog post for the episode. But, Groovy. dude, I'm such a fan. Like, these games, like, we've played games that take no more than, like, three minutes. And then mm -hmm. we've played some games that take up to 20 minutes. And it takes you a couple to kind of get into the groove. Mm -hmm. But going around trying to find a like trying to find who the murderer is, it's it's like a live game of clue. <laughs> I but in it's space. Nice. In space oh, and you okay. don't have arms. Oh. So I know the little characters look weird. They look like little pills but without arms <laughs> and they just have legs and eyeballs and so it, it's kind of cool. So anyway, nice. we got to play this. Uh, so I, I'm thinking that we can do that with the FGP squad free game. You can download it on your mobile device. Uh, mm. so there's geek out among us, but we just got another game that we've now tested and oh man, it's He's so good game crazy. Y'all I kind of have, <laughs> we have the Coco Loteria game. What is that? Okay. That so, sounds amazing. So, do you know what Loteria is? Uh, lottery? <laughs> yes. Very good, sir. <laughs> Loteria is kind of like bingo. Uh, okay. it It's just a, a game card that has uh, 12 different images. There's a deck of 30-plus cards, up to 40, I believe. Shuffle them out. You call them out at random, and whoever fills up their card or whoever you know, has a straight or whoever, however you want to play. It's kind of like bingo. You create scenarios as to how people win. We usually play entire card in order to win. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, but the game Loteria has been super popular in Mexican culture for a really long time. 
and they released a version of Loteria that's Coco inspired, and the Sweet. artwork is gorgeous, dude. There's did Pixar do it? I don't think it was made by Pixar. Okay. I don't know what it is, but I'm not huge on board games, and for some reason, being at home during the pandemic, I've kind of been all about them for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. And what's more what's more surprising is that I've really made an effort to figure out how to play a lot of them virtually. And so the way that we decided to play this virtually was I took pictures of all of the game cards. And so we put them up in the chat. Everybody downloads mm -hmm. one of the cards. And I have a split screen where we're sharing the screen through the Zoom call. And the other half mm -hmm. of the screen is just the cards that I'm throwing down so that people can see the card that they're supposed to fill out on their card. Okay. So uh, when you save it on your phone, like I, I don't – I believe it works the same way on, uh, on iPhone. But you save mm -hmm. the card on your phone. Okay. And then you mm -hmm. edit the card. And then you just kind of cross out the squares that are being called. So oh, you can yeah. just make like a little dot. You can exit out, black it out, whatever you want so you know what you've done. And then whoever calls out Loteria first uh, is the winner of the game. Nice. And so I've been all about trying to find ways to play these games virtually. And this just – I was so excited, man. Um, here, I'm going to quickly – I say since it's October, we do that one. That, that sounds perfect. Dude, it's so fun. I'm I'm totally up for it. If everyone else on the FGP squad is up for playing that one as well, uh, it's just it's it's super fun. Especially mm -hmm. if you're familiar with Loteria here. I'm gonna quickly show you what it looks like. Uh, I'm gonna put images Aww. of this uh, in the blog post for the episode, so you can go to podcasters.com/slash/three-twenty-nine to check it out. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, the artwork is just gorgeous. So cool. So this is now a possibility for this. I, I dig it. I'm kind of with you on it being the number one contender since it is October and we mm -hmm. are coming up on Halloween and we're coming up on Dia de los Muertos. So, yeah, maybe we'll do that one and then play <laughs> cool. Among Us. I don't know. I'm down. And then play Among Us. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, before we, we jump into the main topic of this episode, which is the opening of the enchanted tale of Beauty and the Beast over in Tokyo. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about what's happening in California and the ramifications, I think, of having to stay home, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, as you know, uh, when the pandemic first hit, uh, Disney furloughed a lot of their cast members. You know, without the parks being open, they didn't need to be there, so they furloughed a lot of them. And being furloughed essentially means that you're you're still working for the company, but you're at home without pay because they don't need you at the moment. So uh, a lot of cast members didn't have uh, a way to pay for things. At one point, the government stepped in and there was some stimulus checks. And since then, there hasn't been jack. And uh, mm -hmm. that's that's a whole other political conversation that is not for this podcast. But since then, we found out that Disney has taken the step of um, laying off over 28,000 cast members. And that is a huge blow to the Disney company. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of argument out there about how 
Disney makes a lot of money. They made so much money from all these other films in the past whatever amount of years, and they should be able to pay for all these cast members that if executives gave up their pay for a year that they could pay for a 100 cast members. I'm like, mm, it's not that easy. I mean, paying for employees is much more difficult than just giving a paycheck when you work for a company Mm -hmm. because there's benefits that are tied into it and if you're part of a union there's other stuff that's tied into it and i understand you know we've talked about everything that's been happening and i understand why this is so difficult right because in order for disney to pay these cast members they have to open but up until recently some places haven't deemed it fairly safe enough to be able to open Mm -hmm. there are spikes that have been happening in several states california was one where we were seeing a rise in cases and bob Iger, who was a part of gavin newsom's business and recovery task force recently uh stepped down and he's no Mm -hmm. longer on there because of the tensions that were rising where They wanted to open Disney parks, but Gavin Newsom has not provided any guidelines in order to open the parks. I see a lot of arguments uh, online about how other parks around the world have been open, uh, how Disney World has been opened. And the parks around the world, I I feel, are are in a different scenario than we are. Because when you think about how those countries handled the pandemic from the very beginning and how our country handled it. Right. And it makes it difficult when not everyone is on board with the regulations <laughs> that have been put forward uh, because, you know, they feel one way or another po- politically. And mm-hmm. so the biggest fear that I think a lot of lawmakers have is how do, how do we balance reopening things and not cause a huge spike that's going to cost even more lives than we've already lost. And that's where I think uh, Gavin Newsom has had the biggest challenge because Disney parks are huge, right? Mm -hmm. And Disney World is slightly different because a lot of Disney World's uh, crowds come from vacationers, coming from different countries. And there's a lot of travel restrictions right now, which means that there's a lot of locals traveling to Disney World right now. Disneyland and California Adventure, and for the most part, a lot of the theme parks in Southern California are primarily driven by annual pass holders that live in the area. The The governor's office has been keeping an eye on how people have handled just some of the suggested restrictions, like wearing a mask in public, keeping it to, mm-hmm. you know, 10 to 20 people, stuff like that. But when and, and this just happened recently, there was a group of YouTube influencers or YouTube vloggers that ha- were having these massive parties with hundreds of people. And to the point where I think the governor's office stepped in and said, like, we're going to cut off your electricity. We're going to cut off your water. We warned you not to do this. And um, I'm not I'm not sure exactly what the entire story is. That that's just kind of what I heard about it. But I wasn't at the party, so I don't really care. Um, (laughs) But if it's gotten that far, I think the visual is if people can't 
keep to themselves for a little bit so that we can all get out. What's it going to be if I let everybody out? You know, mm-hmm. and so that's where the tensions have been uh, really rising from. The fact that Disney has laid off 28,000 employees, I mean, I don't know how I feel about it because I feel it's being politicized to try to push the state of California into submission and saying, just let us open already. Mm-hmm. Um, and the state has been working at providing guidelines in order for the theme parks to do this as safe as possible, but they've been delayed again. I think this week we were supposed to get those guidelines and they're just not available. But I think part of it is because of the fact that industry uh, officials uh, from SeaWorld, Universal, Disney, like all these parks in the Southern California area have gotten together and basically said, look, let us like work with you to try to provide the best guidelines that we can in order to reopen these parks. And mm-hmm. I get it. You know, we've talked about this, that I'm that we're glad that we're not the ones in this position. Right. Sure. Because it's a lose lose situation in most cases. If you don't open, then the company suffers and cast members suffer because they don't have a source of income. If you open things incorrectly without proper guidelines in place, then we have a spike and hundreds, if not thousands of more people die, you know, and it's just such a difficult situation that I hope they can find a balance. Uh, I I do understand that there's other parks that are open. Uh, I understand that Florida's reopened, but the crowds in Florida have gotten fairly massive in the last week or so because I think a lot of people in Southern California have started flying out to Florida just to mm. be able to experience Disney parks again. Um, are they limiting the in park capacities for the for the Florida parks? My initial answer is I think so. I can't okay. confirm that right now. It I seems hope so. like they are based on the fact I don't follow a lot of Disney World accounts, but some of the like Instagram people that I follow that are Disney Worlders, they're taking a lot more photos in the park where it's just them and no other person in sight, which is a hard thing to do in a lot of locations yeah. like, you know, in front of Castle and things like that. Um so it makes me just feel like there's less people there, but I, I don't know if that's true or if they're just being very clever about their shooting. Could be both. I mean, yeah. because we have seen a spike in the Disney Parks app as far as wait times for attractions at Disney World, but it could mm. also have to do with the fact that the FastPass systems are not functioning during this kind oh. of soft reopen, which honestly baffles me because if there was ever a way to spread out how people get on and off attractions, that's the way to do it. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think that the hardest thing that they've had to manage is attractions seem to be down a lot because of the fact that they keep cleaning them in between ride mm. cycles. And if, they're having to do that for each one. Maybe they don't want to have to incorporate that time frame into the fast pass application. Fast pass, yeah. So that makes sense. Um, Are they sending out like half full vehicles, like ride vehicles? They must maybe. Be, right? I again. I mean, I the pictures I'm that I've seen. The pictures that I've seen do not look like they're half full. 
Really? Yeah. So like you get on a Pirates of the Caribbean boat with 12 other people? Yeah, but... Breathing down your neck? But it could be the fact that they're the same people that you went with. So if you have a larger party and you're comfortable with those people, it could just be that you're riding with those people. And those might be the pictures that I'm seeing. I I mean, I don't want to say anything that makes it sound like they're not following their own guidelines and their own precautionary measures. Um, And I think that's why California is getting frustrated and we're kind of in a situation that we're in. Florida is a lot more lax with their laws (laughs) as far as what they follow and choose to follow. Uh, than mm-hmm. California is. And I think that's why it's been difficult to see other, like Florida open and not, you know, Disneyland proper. But yeah, uh, yeah as far as all of the cast members that have been laid off because of this, uh, we just want to say that we're here with you. It's a really horrible situation. If there's anything that we can do to try to help you out, uh, please send us a message. Uh, We've had the opportunity to post uh, like a couple of spreadsheets and uh, different methods that you can help out some of the cast members because, uh, you know, cast members, Disneyland is nothing without cast members, you know. Um, Without the cast members being there, we have no park. You know, it's one of those things that I mean, Walt Disney actually had a quote about this. He said, you can design and create and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it takes people to make that dream a reality. And that's Mm -hmm. absolutely true for Disney parks, because regardless of where you are, regardless of where you look, regardless of what you do, a cast member had a hand in that. Whether it's somebody that's sweeping up the street, whether it was one of the Imagineers that helped build the street you're walking on or the attraction that you're riding, a cast member had everything to do with what you are doing in those parks and how much happiness it provides for all of us. So now I think is the time for us to kind of try to pay that back however we can, whether it's by making a donation, by reposting these things so other people can donate as well, uh, because cast members are the magic. You know, without the cast yeah. members, there is no Disney magic. So uh, if you're at Disney World, uh, a couple of places that you can help, uh, Second Harvest Food Bank of Central Florida, you can go to feedhopenow.org is a great way to help. The link to these, in case I get them wrong, uh, will be up in the blog post for the episode, podcuteers.com slash 329. But you can connect with Cast Member Food Pantry over on Facebook. For Disneyland here in Anaheim, Second Harvest Food Bank of Orange County is the way one of the ways to help. It's feedoc.org. Uh, the cast member food bank hosted by Workers United Local 50. You can go to facebook.com slash local 50 And there's a couple of spreadsheets that have been shared with small businesses run by cast members. Uh, and it's not just uh, small businesses where it's like crafts and stuff like that, but it's also uh, apparel. There's also services like photography and all sorts of stuff. Uh, if you want to take a look, the URLs for that will also be in the blog post check them out uh it's a great way to help out cast members in this time that's just i mean it's just difficult you know it's with not being able to go out and look for another job um it's putting a lot of people in a really difficult situation so take a look 
consider uh, donating and if you can't consider sharing you know that's the best way to spread that information and as much magic as we've received from cast members it's try to provide a little magic back heck yeah so um so let's talk about uh this new attraction at, uh, in tokyo because um man the enchanted tale of beauty <laughs> and the beast Whew. yeah so uh as listeners probably know it's hazen's favorite disney animated movie uh i just want to ask you right off the bat uh do you feel like they did your favorite movie justice with this attraction kind of yeah yeah i mean look <laughs> the animatronics in this you know what let's walk through the attraction um so okay. First of all, the attraction was actually scheduled to open spring of this year, but because of the pandemic, it was delayed mm -hmm. and it opened officially on October 28th of this year. So just about a September week. September 28th. Oh, September 28th. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, oof, I'm a time traveler now. Did you know that? Nice. <laughs> Where's my sonic <laughs> screwdriver? Um, anyway. So, yeah, uh, September 28th was the official opening date. Uh, the place that it was placed took over what was the Grand Circuit Raceway, like their Autopia, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and this is so much better. So much better. <laughs> Take a hint, Disneyland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so when you, when you walk into the castle, you're... You, you basically walk into the beast castle and you're mm -hmm. in kind of like the what what would you call that area like the main like in the castle what is that called uh, yeah it's like the front hall okay yeah it's a front it? hall yeah, we'll call it that hall. yeah so you walk into the <laughs> front hall of the the castle and it, it's beautiful, right? There's a, st a staircase and there's stained glass window in the back. And it's it serves the purpose of what the foyer does in the Haunted Mansion. It, it allows people to kind of queue in um, with the exception of with the foyer, you are you still need to walk into the stretching room in order to kind of see the pre-show so that it gets you to where you need to be. This hall it's actually, you know what? It's closer to what Smuggler's Run does when you're meeting up with Hondo, where you oh, kind of yeah. get into the room. You're talking, you're seeing Hondo talking everything. He's telling you what you need to do, and then you board the attraction. So it's closer to that, actually. I, I love what they did. The lights go down. You hear the music. The stained glass is telling you the story as you're hearing the narrator kind of tell you what's going on, mm -hmm. and then you see the animatronic of the Beast and Bell. And I'm like, yo, yo, those animatronics are by far some of the best things that I've seen. The last time that I remember seeing animatronics like that, that just blew me away was Hondo. Mm -hmm. And before that were the Navi animatronics for Pandora. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. So... You see them interact. The beast is all like being beast, and he's like, "Bells are like, oh, but hello." I mean, it's in Japanese, right? But you get the idea <laughs> of what's happening. So she's like, "Oh, is anybody here?" She's going through the film, right? And then the beast turns around. And she's like, "Ah, the beast!" And she like runs away. So the doors open, and you go and you board an enchanted dish, okay? Mm -hmm. And the dish is 
using the same technology that they've used for for other attractions where it's a trackless mm -hmm. system and it's using magnets yep. to kind of guide you around. And the very first scene that you get to is the be our guest scene. Yeah. Uh, interesting choice to start off with such an iconic scene. I've seen the video a couple of times now. Mm -hmm. And I wondered, like, what else would you start with? Well, they only had they've got limited um, a limited amount of scenes that they can take you through because these are big rooms with big effects. And so they had to pick three main spots. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the first main spot of the of the staff getting Bell to like kind of come around to like being okay and like we're gonna help you through this like like to me that's a that's an appropriate place to start when you've only got three main highlights to work with hmm. so i like that i i think it's the third scene that surprises me the most oh yeah we'll get to that too yeah yeah so you know i i kind of rethought what i was thinking because my argument was going to be if there was anywhere else that you would want to start is the the scene where Belle is going around the town and singing and she goes to the library and all that stuff. But we're in the castle already. And hearing you yeah, verbalize exactly. the fact that the story's already going remade mm -hmm. that connection, which for some reason broke in my brain before. And then I thought right now, well, there's no way you can do the town scene. They're already in the castle. That's dumb. Right. I feel like if you look at the design of their new fantasy land and like the, the little bonjour shop and like all of that, like walking through that is almost you walking through that first 20 minutes of the Great movie. Great point. Or Great point. So if we ever get there, I have to walk around singing the songs before I walk yep. into the castle. Gotcha. You got gotcha. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So be our guest. Um, <laughs> You know, the very first thing that I realized watching these videos is that, yes, like you mentioned, the rooms are very big because these attraction vehicles, um, they're massive. I think they hold about yeah. 8 to 12 people, if I remember correctly. I don't remember the exact number, but they are massive. And mm -hmm. at first, I, I didn't understand why the rooms felt so empty. And that's kind of because they are. There's something mm -hmm. right in the middle. And then you're kind of going around it, and then you go on to the next scene. And I realized after watching this video again that the reason for that is because they're dancing around with the music. They're, mm -hmm. they're not just designed to get you from point A to point Z. They're actually right. dancing along with the music, very similar to what they do with Rollick and Roadsters here at California Adventure, right. except on a bigger scale. Yeah. So I... I don't know if I like that necessarily. I feel like if they had put us on a track system that was closer to what Pirates of the Caribbean does, where it kind of like moves the vehicle in different directions mm -hmm. so that you can kind of uh, be oriented into what they want you to see, they may have been able to fit a little bit more uh, because in general, it does kind of seem like big empty space with a couple of really cool animatronics right in the center and mm -hmm. I, I i hate to say it like that because it feels like i'm degrading the work somehow but i'm not it just i think in my brain i've connected dark ride attractions in such a way that you don't feel like there's a lot of empty space like if you think of how phantom manor functions 
it's it's a tighter squeeze and even though the vehicle is bigger and it's still on a trackless system it doesn't feel like it's this huge empty space that they kind of filled in with a couple of mm -hmm. things you know what i mean i mean i really kind of only felt that way during the br guest scene and if you think back to the actual scene in the movie it's really just darkness and then spotlit on the table and the action in the center of the room that's all you see in that scene you know, there's some indications of like some big curtains and some of the big pan out shots, but there's there's really not much else you see in that scene. Yeah. You know, and and I agree with you. And that's why I think that scene, the room, the showroom for that scene, I think could have been a lot smaller. And if they put mm -hmm. it more on a guided system where they weren't dancing around with the dishes and they just kind of swayed back and forth as it was moving in the direction that they were moving you into the next scene. I mm -hmm. feel it would have been a little bit better because it may have allowed for an additional scene or uh, mm. to expand the other stuff that was happening. You know what I mean? I got you. So I kind of feel the other way about it. I really like the dynamic nature of, of how you move about the room, how the, the vehicle not only spins you around, but you get to weave in and out and around the room while that scene's happening. Mm. And that's unique to anything else. I can't think of anything else that, that does it quite like that, um, at least in the Disney catalog of attractions. Um, so it is kind of like you're combining Luigi's and Roadsters with the storytelling of the Ratatouille ride with the effects of Phantom Manor. Right. You know, in a new package. Yeah. I was going to say that I think uh, the Ratatouille attraction might be the only one that functions in that way because even Phantom Manor, I believe, is structured in such a way where whatever vehicle number you're on, you're, it seems like it's random, but it's kind of not random, right? You're still right. following a specific track, but mm -hmm. you're not dancing around each other. And Rollick yeah. and Roadsters, they are dancing around each other, but they're all kind of line dancing. So they're all following mm -hmm. the same path, just with space in between them. So uh, I yeah. think you're right. I think this attraction might be the first one that functions in that manner. Um, I want to mm -hmm. research that. I want to double check on that and see if that's actually the case. So, yeah. So from there, we move into the scene where uh, Belle and the Beast are outside in the snow. They're playing. You see Philippe. You see the birds with the Beast. Dude, this is a touching scene. I like this. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a really pivotal scene in the film because it shows that moment where Belle falls for the Beast. Like, like it was kind of starting to build up but like now she's like that's why the song is something there okay there's yeah. a reason for why that song is in that spot and <laughs> I, I love what they did you know especially a year ago we had the sneak peek that the disney parks blog had posted with the bell and the philippe animatronics and dude like seeing them completed and seeing them in that scene Ah oh, man, they're just so intricate. They are so beautifully mm -hmm. crafted that, I mean, the future of animatronics is here and the eyeballs look way squishier than they've ever looked before, okay? <laughs> I was waiting for a squishy comment. I mean, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. <laughs> they, they look great. I, I do like this scene. Um, I like how they um, played the duet. And it really struck me once we got to this point 
that they've they got really good singers to to voice these characters yeah. uh, in these roles. Uh, I mean, the the be our guest, uh, the Lumiere is, is a little bit of a character voice, but, but it's still good. But what they did with Belle and Beast, I think they sound fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. They did a fantastic job. And even though it is in Japanese, like you could still like it just sounds oh, yeah. so melodic. All, I love it. Yeah, yeah, we all know what's being yeah. said. Yeah, we, uh, we all. If know you know the, the film, you know the song. Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah fantastic. Um, then we get to, uh, yeah, the transformation scene. This, uh, the transition <laughs> from the other scene to this one is you don't necessarily experience the mob scene. You get an inkling of the mob scene through the windows of the castle and you kind of see it all happening in the background. Which I think is pulled off really well. Yeah. I love how they incorporated that storytelling there. Yeah. I I kind of, I, I wish there was a Gaston animatronic somehow. Um, yeah, I can see it. I feel like the way they could have incorporated it was maybe one of the glass windows was broken and you kind of saw flames in the background and maybe just the top part of Gaston like like waving like this way everyone this way let's get the Mm -hmm. beast and so you saw how they portrayed the crowd but you only saw a portion of Gaston behind the window right so he was incorporated into the story I feel like it was a lost opportunity to not Mm. have Gaston there Sure. Um, at least in not in the form that I would have wanted because he's technically there. But uh, this the transformation scene, dude. I, I feel like Disney has taken the Pepper's Ghost effect, and they've just like to the umpteenth level. Okay, <laughs> supercharged it because. Yep. Remember when we saw the transformation of Jack Sparrow for the Pirates at attraction? I do. Like that, I remember watching that and just losing my mind. <laughs> and this is in this in a very very similar sense how they pulled this one off too. Like you see the the spinning of the beast and you see the transformation happening and then the prince appears. See and and I feel like you're exactly right, but this is on a, a different level because it's levitating and spinning. I'm so glad you said <laughs> like, that. Like I'm so the glad Jack you said one is just standing in one place. It is moving, but it's like now we've got something that is lifting off the ground, spinning around, and you're watching this transformation happen, and mm-hmm. it's so stupid magical (laughs) yes and i'm so glad you brought that up because it brings us perfectly into the final scene of this attraction the ballroom scene yes now in the film one of the most iconic scenes is obviously when the beast and bell are dancing around in this giant ballroom they made a creative choice to give us the ballroom scene but with Belle and the prince, not the yeah. beast. Which and you do see in the end of the film. You do. But yeah, that's an interesting choice. And that's what I was referring to earlier. I think that I don't know as a creative that I would have been able to not do the center of the movie ballroom scene. Uh, so I, 
I was thinking about why they tried to go this or, or why they went in this direction. And I think a lot of it has to do with how do you end it if you don't have a scene like this? Like, mm-hmm. do you end it with all the characters standing there waving at you as they're now humans? <laughs> and they're like, thanks like for Little writing, Mermaid. just like Little Mermaid. Yeah. And I thought that's kind of boring. So the fact that they give you another scene where you're where you're watching the prince and Belle dance around and the vehicles are dancing around, you are the additional dancers in the ballroom scene now while you're in your vehicle is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the level of animatronic goodness in this room, whoo, dude, <laughs> his feet are lifting from the ground as he's dancing. It's really, it's a really good effect. I, I watched it very closely and it's, it's simple in its motion, but it's very complicated in its subtlety, you know, mm-hmm. like it's a very straightforward step kind of forward and backward in a traditional kind of dance step, almost a waltz. And yeah, they pulled it off very gracefully. It's, mm-hmm. in, it's impressive. I've never seen um, an animatronic move like that, let alone two moving together like that. Yep. And that's what I'm saying, that the very first time we, I mean, look, Lincoln, fantastic animatronic, but you have to admit that Lincoln's motions, very robotic still, okay? Mm-hmm. When we saw the the Navi for Pandora, they mm-hmm. moved in a way that we've never seen an animatronic move before. They mm-hmm. stepped it up hard for Pandora. Then yeah. we saw Hondo, and we saw how articulated Hondo was, and now we're seeing this. Right when I saw animatronics for Frozen Ever After and some of the other attractions, they look great, but a lot of it is face projection technology. These are mm-hmm. full blown animatronics. Okay, yeah. they are articulated in ways that I've never seen before. They move in a direction that they've now set the bar so much higher for what an animatronic should be that by the time that Avengers Campus opens. I don't know if I'm going to be able to compose myself, Gavin. <laughs> um, I'm here to tell you, you won't. You will be all tears and snot for the first several hours. I, yeah, I mean, I could use a lot of <laughs> other words that are not appropriate for this podcast, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this attraction, dude, I feel like I need to go to Tokyo because the expansions that are just happening in these yeah. other parks dude, when I think of what they're doing with Fantasy Springs and what they're Mm going to do with Neverland and Corona and Arendelle, I'm... (sighs) Part of me is kind of frustrated because I know that... I I mean, Galaxy's Edge is on a whole other level, right? For Mm -hmm. anything that we've ever seen here at Disneyland proper. But without opening a third gate, we're never going to see anything like that at Disneyland. And after Avengers Campus opens, barring having to remove entire lands from California Adventure, we're probably not going to see it there either. You know, right. they're already pushing the limits with Avengers Campus, which is why I really think we need to start considering opening another park in Anaheim. I, yep. I mean, let's, let's 
set up a Zoom meeting with some of the execs and let's figure out what we got to do to open up. You the know surf what park. we have to do to make it happen. And we just have to do a Podcateers armchair Imagineering episode. And then <laughs> six months later, they'll release some magical plans that they came up with. Uh, this has been in the works for five years, guys. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll call ours used to be Westcott. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, if you have not had the opportunity to watch the video for this attraction, head over to podcasters.com slash 329 to take a look because it is one of the most gorgeously built attractions that I've seen to date. Uh, mm-hmm. It only makes me more and more excited uh, about what's coming for these other lands. And I'm not a big fan of flying, but damn it if this doesn't persuade me into actually becoming a frequent flyer. Yeah, because ooh. Well, you can take a boat. You can just boat it over there. I mean, I've been really trying to master the art of teleportation. Oh, uh, that's the best option. Yeah, yeah. it it hasn't functioned very well for me yet, but I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm just, just keep practicing. <laughs> I close my eyes and nothing happens. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, if you've had an opportunity to watch the video, you know, join the conversation and share your thoughts on what you think of the attraction. We can share them in an upcoming episode. Uh, but pff, yeah, this has seriously raised what I hope and expect to see going forward from disney attractions i just yeah yeah i agree when they finally get around to making a new pinocchio attraction i want it to be on this level oh dude (laughs) i feel like everything can be remember when we armchair imagineered fantasy land and y'all made fun of me for tearing down everything in fantasy land and extending the castle and building the attraction in the castle walls yep Mm -hmm. that's totally where we can do this (laughs) <laughs> okay like yeah. all this new technology could be used for that idea and then we sure. go through every single princess story all in one attraction all in one 30 minute attraction <laughs> okay that <laughs> will allow you to relax in the air conditioning just like go. pirates or it's a small world <laughs> all right well Again, uh, if you have any thoughts on anything that we talked about in this episode or this attraction, feel free to join the conversation. Podcasters.com slash 329 is the blog post or find us on social media. Just search for Podcasters. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Made you look. <laughs>